This is the Zach Ansbury Show. Welcome. This podcast clip comes from an interview with Ryan Buckle from Top Shelf International. Wow. Yeah, did you want to keep like just going on that? So there is obviously the perks, you know, you have the business class flights and the yeah, five-star yeah, hotels yeah. And, yeah. And, the, and, the, and the dinners that are on the company credit card and everything <laughs> like that. Yeah. But there's some downsides to it as well, right? Um, yeah. I know it's probably, uh, maybe, do you want to put a bit of realism behind it for people who are, you know, I used to be, um, oh, I'm, I'm not that old. I, I turned 32 a few days ago. <laughs> so, Happy birthday. Uh, thank you. By the time this airs, that'll be months away. I think this would be like <laughs> November, maybe December. Um, and, uh, you know, I used to, that's was, that was actually one of the things that I aspired to do is to travel for work because I, I, I didn't grow up in an affluent family and I didn't leave South Australia until I was over 18. And I thought, you know, if I could find a job that would help me travel for work, that'd be great. And, and I'm at that point where I'd, I'd love to, but you know, if I was to start a family, I think the dynamics would be a little bit different and I'd want to be here a little bit more. So um, did you want to run through maybe the, 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 you know, we all know the pros of it. Did you want to run through the, maybe the realities? I don't want to label it as cons, but. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's interesting. So it's a massively privileged um, position to be in, I think. So um, the important bit is trying to make sure that um, you bring a level of perspective to it. And I think the cons are, I mean, airports aren't great, right? Like yeah. when you're flying um, economy, picking people up, flying business first, whatever it is. I mean, you know, you're still tracking through airports often on your own time because you've got to be there for the start of the working week. You can't just wake up Monday morning and sort of swan into Melbourne airport at 10 a.m., get a day flight up there. All bet happens sometimes for visa approvals and the like. Um, there's a lot of admin that goes with it as well. Like you are constantly applying for visas, you know, sitting in um, places, you know, like the Chinese embassy trying to get the stuff signed off. What are you doing here? All of those things. Uh, um, yeah. Depending on the countries you're visiting, even though you've got a business visa, they still look at you like you've got three heads and you're going to do something illegal in the country. So there's a bit of that that goes with it. Um, I think time zones challenging as well. Like um, I've learned probably in the last couple of years how important sleep is and you sort of glaze over it a bit probably through your 20s and early 30s. But um, it's sort of you don't get it back and it's a really important part of what I um, classify now to be super important in my well-being day to day. So um, sleep is disrupted. Even three or four hours of time zone difference, you know, mm. even with a Thailand trip can be really sort of impactful. So... And then the bad habits that go with it as well, right? Like you just think, I'll have a few beers with dinner and it'll help me sleep better. And you learn in time that that's not the case. You're just probably sedated rather than sleeping better. Um, and there's a loneliness that comes with it too. Like I, for, for me, Zach, you'll know I'm quite extroverted and um, can sort of no. get, energy from, <laughs> get energy from people wherever or whenever. But I'd imagine for people who um, like a bit of quiet time and, and downtime, I mean, it's, um, connecting on when you want to connect with people is more challenging as well. You know, there'll be language barriers and most of the time in the evenings, you, whoever else you're travelling with, you're out for dinner with and you just sort of get into this cycle. So if you're not the most disciplined person, it can sort of get to a point where, you know, if you're a bit like a rock star, you're on the road, a lot of it looks glamorous, but um, the um, deterioration is probably happening a bit behind the scenes so you end up in you know things can be not great at home um that was you know it wasn't necessarily where i'd landed but it was more a choice of like far out what am i actually doing here am i 
married to an organisation or am I um, better off being at home? So I think, um, yeah, it looks glamorous. You know, you go and do it for a month and it's nice to hear someone call your name on a plane and all of that. But after a while, you know, like I think I got to a stage where like Singapore Airlines was coming around at Christmas Eve to drop me off like a massive bottle of champagne to say thanks for the year. And when you get to that point, Uh, you're probably spending too much time on a plane. Now, if you were like single and um, happy to be away from home and live out of a suitcase and all of that stuff, you might think it's the most amazing life you could possibly lead. But my experience in 90% of cases is that it's like, oh, God, here it is again. Sunday rolls around. You know, you don't sleep great on the Saturday night because, you know, you're going to get up and pack your bag. And the same taxi driver turns up at, you know, 1 o'clock on a Sunday. And, you know, it sounds like I'm whinging about it, but there is a pound of flesh that comes with international travel. Yeah, I think that's um, really do appreciate the honesty, actually, because... I think, you know, it is quite easy to get caught up in the glitz and glamour without realising, and I do find the same thing, like, you know, three, four hours of time zone difference, you think it's nothing, but it does throw you off enough. Um, even going to places like New Zealand threw me off a little bit. Massively. Yeah. The and little time changes are the worst ones. Like, mm. like, it's almost better to be on the other side of the world because you're yeah. like, okay, I'm just jet lagged. Yeah. But the three or four hours is just bad. Like, as you're waking up a bit earlier or kind of bed a bit later, like, it's just... And if it's only for a week or two at a time, you can sort of, you get into the swing of it, then you're back into another time zone again. And it's like, ah, anyway. Yeah, yeah I, I, I found the same thing as well. Um, the, if you have like an early morning, say like a red eye flight or something like that, the night before, I just can't sleep properly. Oh, Going to miss then, your alarm. and Yeah, I panic. Yeah, I, set, I set like five alarms and then I wake <laughs> up at two o'clock and then three o'clock and then four o'clock thinking that I'm like late and... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you travel so much. Like, you wake up in a hotel and don't know where you are. That's the worst. <laughs> like, and the horror stories you hear of people like, I'm a pretty good sleeper. Like, I could sleep. I wouldn't have been able to do the job anyway, but um, sleeping on planes is something I can do without... Um, oh, no way. ...chemical input. But a lot uh, of people end up, like, on bad sleeping tablets. And yeah. it's sort of the dark side of international corporate travel. And a lot of people don't talk about it, but, you know, this I've seen some not so good things in the time that I did it. But um, I'd say, like, if you want to get out of it and have had a great experience, you've you know, got to know when to stop. And then secondly, there's just an ultra level of discipline around how you travel because if you sort of take all of the um, smorgasbord of uh, things that are fun when mm. you're travelling, it can end up in a not-so-good place. Yeah, I think... Um if, if I start doing it a bit more regularly when the world starts opening up more, I'm going to knock on the door of, um, uh, you, you, uh, you would know, um, Professor Magda Nanetsky-Till? Mm, yeah, I know the name. Yeah, so she was um, the Mars professor before she became the, yeah, the industry yeah, growth yeah. professor. And um, she flew quite a lot. And um, she seems to be on the ball and switched on no matter what time zone she's in. And she's yeah, very, she must be very, very disciplined in terms of what she eats. Cause when I'm away, I'm a, I'm much more likely to eat things that I wouldn't at home. Um, and I don't exercise as much because, you know, I don't have access to the gym and, and your sleep zone, your sleep is all off. So, um, yeah. I'm going to make sure I knock on her door and, and, figure out how she's done it. <laughs> Some people are just better travelers than others, right? Like mm. most things in life, but, um, I think, like, we probably didn't understand a lot about the mental health that comes with it. I'm sure it's, you know, like, I've been travelling now for nearly six years. Like, I've been out of a a plane and I wear it as a badge of honour, I must say. But um, 
I would think now that the programs around um, well-being in an environment where you're jumping around time zones and continents and in and out of airports has improved dramatically. Yeah, I'm hoping, uh, yeah, just early 30s, I'm, I'm hoping in, you know, our lifetime that we have, you know, not a 24-hour plane flight to get to Europe and that, that would be quite nice. <laughs> I've done some wacky ones, mate. Like the worst, I think, was like a Singapore. There used to be a business class only flight from Singapore to New York. Uh, yeah. when it was like for a global um, marketing meeting, essentially. But it flies direct, so it's 18 hours. So you go through two sleep cycles. God. It's just like, it didn't last. I think the whole purpose of it was it, was, it wasn't for um, silly pet food marketers like myself. It was more for the global financial markets and, you know, the Singapore and New York being different time zones. But um, literally, you used to connect a plane full of bankers from New York to Singapore, Singapore to New York. And I got it on a couple of times. But, man, like anything over sort of 12, 13, 14 hours is a very long time. I don't care whether you're flying first class, cattle, whatever it is, it is a very, it's almost surreal. Like you just lose complete um, touch of reality. Now, some others will say, oh, I could do that easily. But <laughs> for me, it was like, wow, two's enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I got like <laughs> super, super, super anxious the first time I flew to Europe because I'm like, oh no, 24 hours on a plane. Like, you know, you get your two hours in Dubai or whatever, but far out. Like I just knew it was going to be hell and it turned out to be hell yep. <laughs> i had a middle seat in cattle class so it wasn't fun no you're climbing out all over people i think yeah. uh, to be fair though a lot of people just you just get so enshrined in it like it's yeah. um institutionalized in some way like you just get used to getting up packing your bag get in the car get to the airport get on the plane get in the car the other side go to the hotel like it's just you know i can see why people do it for so long um yeah. but i would just caution anyone who's entering that just to make sure you're really clear about why you're doing it make sure you understand the impact on yourself as you're going along because it can sort of creep up on you all of a sudden then you're like wow where am i yeah Not, um, so uh, you, you touched on um hey guys it's zach Ainsbury here with just a couple of quick reminders if you've enjoyed today's podcast then make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode there are plenty more interviews to come with some of the world's leading marketing academics and the practitioners. You do not want to miss these. In the meantime, if you're looking for another way to connect, then follow me on Twitter at Zach Ainsbury. That is Z-A-C-A-N-E-S-B-U-R-Y for my take on the marketing issues of the day.